1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Enjoy the View. I'm Ari, and today on our panel, we have Elizabeth Fine. Hey, hey. Chris Fritz. Hello. Ben Hong. Hello. And today, our special guest is Jen Looper. Jen, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, everyone. I'm so honored to be on the inaugural podcast of Enjoy the View. I love the name, by the way. It's spectacular. It's very friendly feeling. Yeah, my name's Jen Looper. And in the VIEW community, I'm kind of known as uh, your drunk auntie, but maybe uh, it's
0: better to introduce myself. A... <laughs> I, have, I have never thought of you like
2: that. Oh, <laughs> I super oh Chris. Oh, Chris. I, I, I know you lie. My drunk auntie. <laughs> yeah, I'm <a> drunk auntie. <laughs> this is true, though. So sorry. <laughs> In reality, I'm actually the founder and CEO of Vixens Inc., which is a 501c3 nonprofit, which uh, we're also tax exempt. So those two things are not exactly the same, but we're basically a charity that our mission is to educate women in all types of software development and specifically at the moment in Vue.js. So that's what I do within the Vue community. And my actually a paid job is that I'm a cloud advocate lead on the academic team at Microsoft. So I've been there since May, not on that team. I just joined the academic team. So this for me is a bit of a dream job and I have an amazing bunch of colleagues. It's uh, it's a really cool team to be on and we deal with all types of students, all types of faculty. We deal with Microsoft Student Partners, which is sort of our ambassador program. We deal with the Imagine Cup, which is their hackathon and uh, other hackathons, lots of events, lots of content production, and lots of conferences. So that's, that's what I do. All right, um,
1: tell us more about Vue Vixens. Like, what does Vue Vixens do to help out the View community?
2: Right, so I should probably back up to the beginning Yes, the origin story. <laughs> the origin story. Oh, boy. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: so I So not even I,
3: think
2: I this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, it actually has nothing to do with cocktails. So that's kind of a new one. <laughs> but, yeah. <so laughs> I actually came from the Angular community. I started with AngularJS, and then we went through all of the iterations getting to Angular 2 at my former job, which was at Progress Software, where I was on the Native Script team. So we did cross-platform mobile apps using various frameworks done in JavaScript. So our big one was Angular. So at a certain point, I was really active in the Angular community, and I went to an event and mentored an ng-girls group. That is the Angular's version of Rails Girls, Django Girls. There's a sort of a a genealogy of these type of uh, initiatives that have been spun up by community members. I I was amazed at the power of that community and by the great experience that it offered. What it was was a day-long self-driven workshop. You created a pretty full-featured to-do app and all done in Angular. And by the end of the day, you've got something fully functioning. You know uh, a little bit about the inner workings of Angular. And, uh, and then you have this kind of fellowship experience with other ladies. So it was it was a really great experience. And as I was progressing in my career, I was more and more watching the Vue community, which was kind of getting started several years ago. And NativeScript script had a community member, he's actually a college um, student, who spun up a port for Vue.js in NativeScript so that you could build your cross-platform mobile apps using JavaScript and using Vue instead of Angular. And it blew my mind. So I jumped right on that. And uh, thank you, Igor, for making that an amazing product. And I got it, kind of started talking about it in conferences, got it officially supported at at, uh, at Progress. And uh, that was kind of my entree into the Vue community. And as I was doing this entree into the VIEW community, it seemed to me that, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we could do NG girls, but for VIEW. So that was just sort of an idea. I started spinning around my community. And I remember talking to Sarah Drazner on Twitter in a DM saying, we should do this thing. What should we call it? And she said, there's got to be an alliteration somewhere. So immediately for me, I thought it's VIEW vixens because I, I like foxes. <laughs> so it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Boom. And really the first iteration of the logo is our final logo. It was that like serendipitous of a situation. So I passed that over. It's yeah, it is a good logo. I really love our logo. So (laughs) it kind of all worked together just in a very serendipitous fashion. And uh, I launched on a couple of years ago, two years ago actually, on the VueJS Amsterdam stage, that monster IMAX stage, which said, I'm gonna do this thing. It's gonna look like this. Here's our logo, here's a not very pretty website. Who's in? and you know by the end, like people are figuratively storming the stage so i got so much feedback after that event that uh, it seemed to me this is the thing to do so since then we've just grown a lot and uh, we're we're worldwide in 2 years so it's been an amazing growing experience it's been a really i've learned a lot I've learned a lot about weird stuff like taxes for nonprofits and filing your nonprofit. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, actually, and I'm, I'm helping other ladies who are trying to, to do the same thing by just showing them all the paperwork. Like, here's my paperwork. If you want to do this, here's the link to do it. Even like at some point, Progress wanted to take on Viewvixens as a private foundation. And so we were talking to Progress Legal, and it was a real education. So, very interesting. And I, I think that it's, it's been a great growth experience for me. And I learned a lot. I've made mistakes. But um, I hope that I've learned from this and that we're at a position where we can benefit people all over the world. Our hot spots right now, I think especially are Africa and Latin America. Latin America came on really hot. So those ladies, those ladies are amazing. So my first staffer actually was Diana Rodriguez, who, was, uh, who became our worldwide community organizer. And that kind of cracked open La Town because our first event really was in Buenos Aires, which I was able to fly down to, to witness. And it was, it was one of those mind blowing emotional experiences. <laughs> Plus the steak. I am now ruined for steak. <laughs> <is> the problem. <laughs> Same thing happened in Japan. We launched View Vixens Japan, and I'm now ruined for shrimp. So this is a problem. Shrimp. Oh. <laughs> Oh, One of those though. good problems. I was
3: say sushi, but shrimp interesting. I
2: know. I
1: thought. I thought for sure sushi, and then yeah. she took it in a similar uh, yeah. direction, but Very
2: different. <laughs> <laughs> it was all so amazing. It was so good. I kind of ate my way through Japan, and that was that was a great experience too. <laughs> so Jen, each city that
4: you have sort of View Vixens group in is that what you would call a chapter? Yeah.
2: Yes. So yeah, we have special terminology in Mm -hmm. VFX Inc. So we have chapters and those are the ladies on the ground who are doing things that work in their communities. So I wanted to make sure that, for example, in Mexico, you don't want to be wandering necessarily at night to a late night meetup like what we have in the States. Alone on the subway. So they do things, you know, during the day. Or there's other permutations of things that they do, partnering with other groups. In Switzerland, we have a chapter, and they do more kind of partnerships. Germany is doing things within a company context. In Sweden, very interestingly, we have a lady who really wants to skill up individuals. So she runs a whole curriculum, and these ladies are literally getting jobs. So this is a spectacular success in Sweden. So really, I just. We want to do chapters, but we want to give those ladies the flexibility to create what mm-hmm. works. So it's really, it's been very interesting to get to know there all these you. ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So instead of like going in and just like telling communities what they need, you're, you're actually working with people who are enmeshed in those communities and helping them get the resources for whatever it is they need.
2: Yeah, so we're extremely grateful to our Patreon supporters and our sponsors we have two pots of money. One is for our chapters. So all of the Patreon money goes to the chapters. So if a lady says, you know, um, I'm going to have a meetup, I want stickers, I'll use TransferWise and just pop over some, some cash to the chapter. So that's, that's been a really great experience to grow something grassroots. And they come up with the ideas. They join our Slack. They get to know everyone, and then they form a chapter. So uh, very, very grassroots. And I think that that worked, that worked really well for us everything is always free. There's no you know, monetary compensations involved, but we have folks who are uh, needing a little budget and we're able to provide that, which I'm really grateful for. The other part of money is for scholarships. So our event budget is kind of being pulled out of that. And if we do like larger events that need a bigger budget, or if we want to buy tickets for a lady to attend a conference, that's another piece where that budget's going. That's my... Uh, my fresh books dump right there. <laughs> so, and I will awesome. say
1: the only reason I am on this podcast right now is because I was the beneficiary of a Vue Vixen scholarship ticket to VueConf last year where I met amazing people like Chris and Ben and Jen, in fact, and, yeah, the rest is history. So I don't I don't think doing that's the great only things. reason.
2: It's not the only reason. I was reason. gonna say
1: <laughs> <laughs> But I wouldn't have had the opportunity, you know? Like it it gave me an opportunity to really make meaningful connections within the View community, and that meant a lot to me.
2: Yeah, the conferences are a big deal. And at Microsoft, we are uh, becoming a write-first-travel-second org because it's very expensive. <laughs> uh, a lot of devrel organizations go through those. It's like you send everyone to conferences all over and then people realize, oh, that's expensive. So then we pull back and it's like write-first. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, because you start realizing, yes, it's great to sit at home and write. But then you, you kind of miss meeting all the people and talking to everyone and really interfacing in a meaningful way. And conferences can do that.
1: I think that's a great segue into a, an upcoming event, View Vixens Day, which will be the day after ViewConf US um, this year, which is
2: March fifth. Is that right? The conference is uh, our thing. Is the well? First, yeah, your thing and is then fifth. it's like three days before is ViewConf. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, tell us more about that.
2: Woohoo! Yes, uh, View Vixens Day. Boy, oh, boy! I did not expect to be um, arranging a conference this year, but uh, it just again grew organically. From the community, so the first Rubixon's Day was actually that first trip to Buenos Aires. So Diana uh, organized a, a pretty decent-sized community day, Rubixon's Day. So what we did is we had community talks all morning, and then we had empanadas, which were amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was really good. And then we um, we had our workshop all in the afternoon. So the first half of the day was mixed; uh, all all people were welcome, and it was. The great thing about that particular day is we had a grandma age 77 and her grandchild age 13. So we had such a fantastic spread. So wow. <laughs> I have cute pictures, actually. They're, they're in my, my press pack. So Abuela managed to make it. It was fabulous. Yes. So Vee and Stays basically talks in the morning and then workshops in the afternoon. Oftentimes, women-only workshops in the afternoon, although we're always happy to have mentors of all walks of life. And then the Columbia chapter got wild. They are the most amazing uh, at organizing big events. In Latin America, if you do something, it will scale. So it's just, it becomes a big deal. And the amount that they can do on a small budget is spectacular. So uh, the Columbia gals did a, let's see, they did View Vixen's Day Medellin. And then they did a very interesting View Vixen's Day in Eje Cafetero, which is the coffee triangle. It's a rural area where the coffee is produced. And so they had ladies from rural walks of life. There's a lady who had never programmed before, I think, there. I love this kind of event to really go in deep in the grassroots and, uh, and really engage folks uh, where they are. I think that's, uh, that was a very wonderful and meaningful event. Uh, the good pictures on our website from that one. So based on their experiences and how things worked for them, we thought we should do something in the U.S. And it seemed logical to have it after ViewConf because we figured there'd be a lot of View folks, you know, View interested folks uh, in, the, in the area. So we worked with that conference to kind of figure out what would work. And yeah, so we're going to follow that pattern of talks in the morning. Then we're going to have a lunch and then we're going to do a few lightning. Is that right? right. Yes, we're going to do a few lightning talks after lunch. And then we're going to have a couple hours of workshops. We're going to have Kristen Rubin do a uh, workshop on the Composition API using, I believe, Spotify or SoundCloud. I need to check. But it's kind of create a music app using kind of newish newish APIs. And that'll be women only. And then the other workshop overlapping that is going to be with Chloe Condon. and She has a very famous workshop on how to build a a fake boyfriend app. So you... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I saw that on there. Oh,
2: that's really good. It's Azure functions hooked up to Twilio and you create a little app where you can press a button and have uh, an SMS or a phone call call your phone if you want to get out of an awkward situation. <laughs> so if you're like talking to someone and you really want to just extricate yourself, she'll, she'll create the fake boyfriend that will like get you out of that situation. So <laughs> I think it's a really fun concept, and uh, so those are the two workshops we're doing and then and that'll be the day, so it's like eight to five thirty it's packed five talks, three lightnings, two workshops, coffee, lunch, breakfast, and uh we'll figure out the after party. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen, so that's a lot to take in, but we also have some amazing activities, so I have to spill the beans on one of them, which is. Chloe is working with Tessa at Cloudinary. They're coming in as a sponsor. And they're going to create a manicam. So if you've seen, I think in the Oscars, you have a little box paved with a little like fake grass and you put your hand through with your amazing manicure and you walk in front of the camera, you walk your fingers into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So,
4: good. <laughs> so, <yeah>. so <laughs> if you come to View Vixen's Day, you should have your nails done.
2: Oh, so you can walk your through nails for you we will do your nails for you so we are bringing do- <gasps> so chloe is she what? is so excited now <laughs> so yeah so um spoiler alert i just bought off Poshmark hundreds of water slip decals that you can attach to your nails Ooh. and i'm making custom ones with the view logo the VU vixen's logo <gasps> and, and <emoji>, view VU- <laughs>
1: We're only a little excited if you could. Yeah,
2: tell. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I thought this would kind of be a thing. So yeah, so some of our activities. We also have possibly either we're going to do a crochet activity or a macrame activity. So this is all you know Ooh. extremely technical content, but it does have to do with algorithms. But so I mean, yes, yeah, absolutely, yes. So Tessa in New York City, I think she's working on a design for a fox done in macrame. I think it's going to be crazy cute. Oh, I, I haven't. Have you done macro? I haven't done macramé in ages. I haven't either. It's where you're like doing all the knots and, and making little designs with ropes and strings. So yeah, you thought you were going to have a technical thing at uh, in your podcast, but we're going to talk about macramé <laughs> next. <and that's cool. laughs> <So like, laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, so lots of activities because I want people to engage on the technical level. We'll have career building level. We're going to have a lady taking photographs for headshots. We always do that if we can. We did that in uh, Buenos Aires. It's really helpful because it's expensive otherwise. And then the manicam, crochet a fox or macrame a fox. What other activities? I'm making an epic goodie bag, but I'm not going to tell you anything that's going to be in the goodie bag because that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ooh, mysterious and exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've thrown one too many children's parties in my day. So. <laughs> Yeah, I got to take care of the children. It's all good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, for one, will definitely be there. So yeah. everyone else should definitely join us as well. I, will be I am there, so
2: excited. Though. Yes, yes. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll get your nails done so pretty, Ben. Well, ben, are you going to be
4: wearing the unicorn outfit this year? Or is that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes,
1: please, <laughs> please, please.
3: please. Uh, that is still TVD. So.
2: Okay. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the unicorns, (laughs) so cute. We have door prizes as well. What? So yes, if you are lucky enough to get a magical
1: sticker,
2: you'll get a door prize. I like door prizes because it's like, just look for a sticker under your chair and you win. This is like my kind of competition. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Like Like I was already excited, but now I'm like so (laughs)
2: excited about this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, yeah, so we're just kind of arranging the details, the food making sure our speakers are taken care of. So Sarah Drasner is coming to do the keynote. That's exciting as heck. And uh, lots of great community folks to also speak with us. The information is on vvdayus.viewvixens.org, And um, you can just look at the schedule as it kind of evolves. Mm-hmm.
3: And so Jen, how, how much is, does it cost to come to this amazing event?
2: It's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. <laughs> so yeah. But I, know. I do accept hugs. <laughs> Aww. So. I could definitely pay in hugs. <laughs> yeah. So this is due to our amazing sponsors. So we have some platinums came in, silvers and golds, and we really are appreciative of our sponsors because without, it turns out, it's kind of pricey to throw a conference. Uh, FYI. Yeah. So I'm glad that we are building up our nest egg over two years. I think I'm going to burn that budget hard. So. <laughs> It's good um,
4: cause. So Jen, if we do want to register for View Vixen's Day, is there a deadline that we need to do that by?
2: Not really. I mean, it would be nice to, I, I know that a lot, of, for a lot of folks, it's in Austin, Texas. It's kind of dependent on whether you're going to be in the area. Mm-hmm. So if you're f- thinking of getting your ViewConf ticket and figuring out workshops and that kind of stuff, you know, just consider doing that and then grabbing a ticket on our site for, um, and I think there's a link as well on ViewConf website Mm -hmm. uh, to to just stay an extra day and and join us. That would be awesome. But yeah, there's not really a deadline. It's a free event and free events tend to be real flexible in terms of who signs up and who shows. So I'm expecting a hundred-ish people. We have Capital Factory, which is an innovation space in Austin. They put us on the eighth floor. So I think we have the whole floor and we're just going to occupy.
0: Awesome. (laughs) And Jen, something I've heard from a lot of people in the community who were introduced to the community through View vixens or enter the community and then found view vixens is the the network of not just women but but people in general that that are available and that that have provided mentoring new job opportunities like i've talked to so many people who have like made significant changes to their lives thanks to the resources that they found through view vixens and not just learning resources <laughs> I, was, was that a conscious design or, or how did that evolve?
2: Yeah, it, it kind of was. Thank you very much for those kind words. That means a lot to me. It helped me too. I'm not going to lie. I managed to, to leverage uh, a career change as well. But I want to help build a pipeline. So a lot of women in tech initiatives are kind of build the pipeline, build the pipeline. We got to get those young gals in and, and get them trained up and then get them into that first startup. And that is awesome. That is spectacularly great. I'm like your auntie, so I'm like the old lady in the house. <laughs> <And> <laughs> the stats are not good for my age group. This, um, the stats are something like, I don't know, by the time you're 40 even, 50-something percent of folks drop out of tech, uh, ladies in tech drop out and find something else to do. So for me, it's about not just the pipeline, but also um, avoiding attrition. And sometimes we can kind of help mentor each other, help pass along job uh, information, we all have networks and we can just leverage them and then funnel them right over to the channels. We have a jobs channel that people are you know, filling in and uh, I just want all this information to be out there so that people can help, help us help them and help them help themselves. That's kind of the goal. So yes, pipeline, awesome. Attrition is brutal. And a stretch goal for us, because the other moment of attrition for girls in, in STEM is actually middle school. So this is a stretch goal for us that I'd love to reach the younger gals even before they hit that pipeline to try to help them stay engaged and stay uh, excited about being a, a girl in STEM. I think we've made a lot of progress, not, not not Vixens, but just society in general. I think we made a lot of progress, but I think we can contribute as well here. It's super fun, super cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I will say that the emotional support channel in the View <laughs> Workspace, like not just for me and me saying things in there, but like hearing stories from other, especially women in tech and the struggles they're going through and being able to, you know, lend supportive words and advice has meant a lot to me. Because yeah, it sort of reaffirms that we're in this together.
2: <laughs> we are in this together. Yeah. We are in this together. We can help each other tremendously. So uh, I, I think that that is... That is really a, a great thing to hear. The other very important channel in the Budix and Slack is Pets.
1: It's like, that's the only one I think I'm not in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, when I was talking about people like changing their lives, that's the channel I was referring yeah, to. Yeah, I figured, uh, I figured I you know, should like mention people it. People get a dog and it's just like, it's <laughs> transformed. Uh, yeah, their <laughs> emotional connection to other beings. And, yeah. Well,
2: yeah, because Belinda has a very large sheepdog that likes to loll around on the floor. But, you know, I, I just keep telling her that, you know, this is not the rugs channel. This is the <laughs> pet channel. Some people get it better than others, but yeah,
0: so
2: we, we just have a lot of fun.
0: And I have to ask, has anyone ever posted a pet fox?
2: Um, we've had a couple fox pictures. Is that even legal? So in <laughs> Russia, there's a thing in Russia, they're domesticating foxes. Yeah. And there's a gal who was wandering in the Moscow subway with a fox draped across her shoulders. I, I don't know. I that's crazy. I don't know. I feel like yeah, this is some people are experimenting in this realm. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them do their thing and just watch the fox. There's a den down the street of actual foxes, and they kind of hiss at you and growl, and it's just yeah, they're not the nicest.
4: <laughs> so, can anyone join the View Vixen Slack, and how do you find the link for
2: that? Yeah, great question. Absolutely. Come and join us. You can h- look at viewvixons.org at the farthest right hand corner. It's a teeny little icon, but it will send you to a, a link. And then you can just join. And what we do is we ask that you're gonna you're gonna be popped right into general. So put your real face, if that's at all possible, and use your real name mm-hmm. so that we know who you are. We can welcome you properly. And, uh, and then come to the introductions channel and uh, and just say who you are and what you're looking to do with us. Uh, and uh, jump into Code Help, which is another channel I just used it mm-hmm. today. Jump into, of course, pets and jobs and conferences and all sorts of other cool channels that we've got there. Mm-hmm. If you're part of a region and you want to start something regionally, link up with Diana. So she's super Diana on our Slack and she can talk about you know chapters that exist or things that are happening. If you're in a conference and you would like to work with us, uh that's another thing you can always ow this cat just bit me
1: <laughs> but that fox is looking good right about now
2: yeah seriously oh my goodness look she's at her not, she's not it. you should
4: say before we started that she was licking her chops so maybe she's been waiting for this she's moment waiting. waiting for you just to be distracted so she could go in for the kill she
2: bites me, but then she lets go because I'm not I'm not real tasty. Oh here she's in incoming.
0: Oh my god. She's coming closer. Oh wow. Right, right I'm for the jugular. Oh, <laughs> you're losing okay. a lot of blood, sugar. Are You okay? Oh
2: jeez. Oh. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like the taste of it's like a long story with this cat, but yeah. That's so funny. Sorry, what was I saying? Oh yes, join us on Slack. <laughs>
1: Uh, I will say that, from my experience, the Code Help channel has been the best resource I have found for like when I'm stuck on the view specific problem because people in there are incredibly responsive and they will respond quickly and even if they don't know the answer, they'll try to talk you know through it with you so that maybe you guys can land on the answer together but yeah, like I've asked questions like on the'm sorry <laughs> official view forums, and I haven't necessarily gotten the answers so everyone is always very helpful in there
2: so oh that's good to know there's also the discord which is the other big the other big group is the viewland discord so that's uh, another place that people are going I will to say
1: people are much nicer in the big sense like, I, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> There's just really high quality people
2: there. Good to know. Good to know. That's the goal. And I am moderating. So the one thing I've learned about building communities is you've got to moderate. So, mm-hmm. and people will come to me like, this person doesn't seem to be who he or she thinks she's saying that she is. And, and you know, I don't mind the hammer ban. <laughs> so moderation is it's the, the key.
0: Someone messages you sometimes saying, she ain't all that in a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. But- <laughs> then you gotta do something about it. Yeah. Um, so, what do you? How? Like, what kind of tips do you have for for moderators? Like, that is kind of that is kind of hard. And how do you mm-hmm. like help guide people's behavior in a friendly way and help people kind of get along and and create a community where people feel safe? And
2: yeah, stuff? I've I've experimented with two bots. The greatest bot ever was Taco, which was a little bot, and they. Then they decided to monetize it and a lot of communities had to piece out. But that was a Slack bot that that really encouraged people to give tacos to each other for friendly help. So it was a huge incentivization. Uh, There was even a taco store. If you got enough tacos, you could like buy merch or something. It was really a great concept. And then it got a little pricey. So that's the first Slack bot. So I'm a big believer in automation and then personal touch. So Slack bots can be helpful. We tried a thing called Donut. But it's very, it's very pushy. So it's
3: got like... <laughs> a little bit.
2: But it is pushy. So I think I dismantled yeah. it. Somebody somebody rage quit it and the whole thing like blew away from Slack. So. <laughs> like,
3: I, I will say I've met a number of people through Donut that actually really like <laughs> grateful to Donut for, like Clara from the View Vixen community. We got put in touch because of the Donut app.
1: Well, uh, maybe we should explain a little bit what about what Donut is oh, slash yeah. was.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's another Slack bot it helps you create personal one-on-ones with people. So it'll try to help schedule you. And it's a little pushy. So it's like, hey, you haven't chatted with someone for a while. It's time for you to schedule your one-on-one. And I was like, Jesus, don't leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) But for some folks who are a bit shy, it can be a forcing function, which could be good. Yeah, I I hope it was a good experience for folks. But yeah, so at this point, it's manual moderation. We do have a, a locked channel of moderators who sometimes have a little chat just to make sure everything's okay. But yeah, I think another little thing I put in our Slack is when someone says the word guys, I have a little, oh. yeah, I, have a little <laughs> I do the same thing. It's it's a habit, <laughs> uh, especially on the West coast. It's a habit. Very interesting. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Which is yeah. where I grew up.
2: Uh-huh. Yes. Um, So a little Slack notification that says, you know, let's try to use a little bit different language like pirates, you know, just make it, Like, don't be scoldy, but be kind of like a little more fun. I will Um,
1: say I have been so much more mindful of my use of guys as a a general term since the Slack started yelling at me. (laughs) No, I am like it's carried over to like all facets of communication for me. So
2: honestly, very effective. (laughs) Me too. I try to say pirates as much as I can.
0: (laughs) I I just moved to North Carolina so I can say y'all.
2: Y'all. See, I, I, I've i
1: just adopted y'all for myself, but I say it in a very, like, West Coast way. I'm just like, y'all, you know, I'm not like y'all because I, I can't get away with that.
2: <laughs> I like that but, a yeah. lot. I think, Diana says, I think Diana says all y'all, which is even better. Like, well, yeah, no, names. that's, like, yeah.
1: Um, y'all is one thing, but all y'all is a, is a very more specific, like, literally everyone group,
2: here. group, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think that's good. You could say use if you're in the East Coast like me. But, yeah, in Boston. use.
0: But then yeah. what about use guys? Then uh, we're in trouble do you again. you say that? Oh. Did use guys?
2: I don't I, know. I, I, have that, heard I feel that like that's like a,
0: a mafia movie or something. Use guys. <laughs> use guys. Yes.
2: Yeah, Boston, I don't think we have a good moniker. Hey. What's... <laughs> I can't even do it. That. Hey, that's, that's so what so they say hey. 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 I usually use like f- finger gestures, so that, that works. <laughs> that's very aggressive. My goodness. Yes. So those are some tips. I think we have to take, Ben, remind me who this character is in Harry Potter who says, constant vigilance. It's Mad-Eye Mooney. Yes? Yes. Constant vigilance. (laughs) So that's kind of the, unfortunately, the community builder's mantra is constant vigilance.
3: So Jen, I know that uh, you mentioned you've been doing a lot of DevRel work. Can you tell us a little bit more about what DevRel sort of entails? I know a lot of people in the community like have heard of this, but there's probably a lot of misconceptions around what that you know sort of entails
2: so for me i've been a software developer for about 20 years i got out of my academic interests at the end of the dot-com boom in about like 2000 when a monkey could do html and css and get a job thank god because i think it's a lot harder now. <laughs> and that's like level i was at is like monkey so um not to disrespect monkeys but um <laughs> Yeah, so I like jumped into my first startup as a as a developer and kind of worked my way up. So I thought I'd be a designer. It turns out I'm bad at design. Thought I'd do technical writing. I'm not that great at that either. So yeah, uh, I was saved by Cold Fusion. Yay uh, Adobe <laughs> products. So everyone's like, "What is that?" I'm not going to tell you what Cold Fusion is. You can Google it. So it's <laughs> a lot of uh, it was a lot of Flash and um, kind of u- using the Adobe stack to kind of build up web presences and mobile presences and a lot of software development under my belt. I got a teeny bit burnt out at my last startup, and I was recruited by a friend of mine, Brian Rinaldi, into his company called Telerik at the time to join their developer advocacy team, which is at the time called just the developer relations department. It was one of the greatest departments I've ever worked in, the Telerik team. So Telerik is a little company, a little scrappy startup from Bulgaria, populated by an amazing group of Bulgarian engineers, acquired by Progress. So a month after I joined Telerik, we were acquired by Progress. So all of a sudden, we're back in the fold of a big US corporation in developer relations with all the changes that means. And so at Telerik, I was became an advocate, so not a software engineer anymore, but an advocate for various product lines. I started with Kendo, which is web uh, widgets, nice forms and beautiful grids, beautiful charting as well. And then we spun up this product called NativeScript, just out of the blue, kind of at the same time that React Native was born, this kind of idea that you can use JavaScript and it would compile down to a native mobile app, which is actually amazing technology (laughs) when you think about it. And so it was a really great experience to Be passionate about a product and be able to talk to communities, not so much about the product, but about their experience in software development that might make them interested in trying a couple of new things. Whether that be our product or not, that's their choice. But it's all about, it's not evangelism, it's about advocacy. So we are developer advocates and we're all about helping folks figure out what they want, figure out what they like and figure out what they hate, try to fix what they hate. You know find find the the pain points and try to offer solutions. if they have problems with our products, then we can form a liaison between that community person and our product team. We do a lot with uh, Microsoft with that kind of advocacy. At progress, it was a lot of going and speaking at conferences and talking about a technology with maybe a little product tie-in at the end. But for me, it was always easy because NativeScript is open source. so it's really easy to advocate for an open source product because you're never in that position where People want to try it, and then they have to start coughing up cash very quickly. So it's it's a different story currently here at Microsoft. So I'm not on the open source team anymore. So I'm happy to be on the academic team where we can help students because we have Azure um, Azure for students offering, and we have GitHub, which is a great um, a great you know kind of platform for students to come and talk to us. But yeah, for me, developer relations is all about advocacy. It's all about helping, and I find that the four pillars of Advocacy is um, writing, coding, speaking, and helping helping can be helping on Stack Overflow or helping in a forum, but for me, those are the kind of the four things that a good developer advocate has to do while always maintaining your clout as a decent software engineer or a great software engineer so that 's the trick so finding that balance.
4: I always wonder how developer advocates do find that balance because you spend so much time out in the community and so much time networking, how do you find a way to stay, you know, up as a top software engineer as well?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. It's surprising, but I have never been a better software engineer until I became a DevRel. because we have to live on the bleeding edge because that's where people want to look. They want to see what's coming soon. So we have to stay on the forefront. Like I'm very closely watching view three and seeing what's going to happen. Hopefully we'll get some clarity on that because people are going to start asking us questions and we need to kind of have an idea what's going on. <laughs> so for me, it's um, it's been a great place to be on that bleeding edge. And uh, we also have to have demos ready, sandboxes ready for consumption. We have to have talks ready and writing ready and it has to be maintained and kept up to date. So for us, it's all about you know just staying current. Whereas in my old companies, we were using like older versions of Cole Fusion, older versions of Flash and Flex because I was in the enterprise and we couldn't stay on the bleeding edge because um, the compliance wouldn't allow it, right? So it's kind of a, a, a different kind of space to be in. And uh, it's a great, great privilege. And I really appreciate it. How do you come up with some
1: of the ideas that you end up using for demos? Uh, you have some of the most interesting uh, collection of demos I've personally seen. That, <laughs> that is true. Tell, yeah. <laughs> tell, first, I guess, like maybe give a few examples of your demos. I will let you speak for them, not me. Um, and how, yeah. how you arrived at those ideas?
2: <laughs> well, some of it is obvious. Um, it involves a lot of drinking. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> so, uh, I and, no, it's actually all stems from people you meet and places you go to and kind of experiences that you have in your past career, in your past life. I did a whole thing at View Amsterdam last year, and I took it on the road about... When you're on the road and you have to look in your minibar and all you've got is a bunch of little bottles and you're not even sure what some of those bottles might be, but you could use you know a custom machine learning model to scan them and it would suggest combinations that would create a nice cocktail. So that's kind of the perfect mobile use case plus machine learning, which I really enjoy tinkering with. So for me, that was kind of the perfect example of something you could have a really engaging talk about because who doesn't like cocktails, right? So <laughs> that was a plus. Right now I'm working, I'm actually going back to my former training as someone, I have a PhD in uh, medieval French literature. That's an entirely different story. And so I'm at this point in my career where I can look back at what I used to do and draw on it. So I'm creating some machine learning models right now using 13th and 14th century manuscripts that I used to work with. I'm really excited about a project I hope to publish as a book, spoiler alert, it's called (laughs) The The Humanist's Guide to Deep Learning. So kind of drawing on your humanistic background and using really bleeding-edge technologies to create really engaging web and mobile experiences It's applied machine learning. I'm working with Gregorian Chant, I hope. I hope I will be able to create a mobile experience. You can scan a manuscript, look at the tablature, and at the notation, and it'll play it out for you, this kind of stuff. What? So, that yeah. sounds
1: awesome.
2: <laughs> I know. So just stay tuned. I have so many projects. It's all in Notion under lock and key. So I'm like, I keep having ideas and thinking of like chapters to add and projects to create, but it's an infinite, infinite amount of ancient stuff we can use. I'm on, I'm actually doing a pilot right now for museums and libraries at Microsoft. So I really fell into a tub of butter and I'm so freaking happy about this, but my brother for example is one of the preeminent Maya specialists. So he always goes to Guatemala and looks at Maya Mayan hieroglyphs and he has a huge knowledge base and a huge database. And I'm thinking that we can create an incredible mobile app, an incredible mobile experience you know, where you could scan a Mayan hieroglyph and, uh, and it would tell you what it means, this kind of thing. So just drawing on the connections you have on your education, on the people you know, and being as creative as possible because life is too freaking short to be boring, in my opinion. <laughs> I think that's a good opinion to have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much fun.
1: Wow.
4: That makes me feel bad about my current projects that I have going on that are super (laughs) basic. I don't (laughs) know. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna create a recursive component. That's my
2: thing. I I don't know how to do that. I wanna do that.
1: Yeah, just to, uh, like everyone else out there, uh, the rest of us do not have projects like Jen's. So don't yeah. feel bad if you don't either.
4: <laughs> oh. That is super amazing though. I can't wait to see some of those things pan out.
2: I'm excited. Yeah, but it's, it's been a long time. I've actually, it's taken me 20 years to, to feel comfortable with speaking about my background because you can, if it's a danger zone. You can lose a lot of credibility if you say, you know, I have an, a non traditional training. I didn't come up in software engineering. I came from outside the industry. And it's like finally I feel comfortable. Talking about it, so um, I mean, and I'm lucky to be in this department on this team. Our spatial computing people, we have people from the game industry. We have a girl, April, who is from the fashion industry. Oh, we've got Chloe Condon; she reports to me. She's incredible. So you know, we're it's a fermentation of epic people in this department of a hundred cloud advocates who are all thought leaders. So it's a tub of butter, and I'm really, really excited and happy to work with them.
1: I feel like you are are very much a testament to why, you know, non-traditional backgrounds in software are important because, you know, without your background, you know, I feel like you wouldn't have ever come up with these amazing, crazy ideas that help (laughs) connect software to, to people who don't normally care about software by, you know, relating it to something that they might be interested in that's totally outside of that realm. So personally, yeah, I think that it's amazing that you are comfortable with that now because it's a great example for a lot of people.
2: It's great. But, you know, I also want to like shout out the people who came up the hard way and came up, you know, as CS majors, I mean, my, my amazing colleague, Francesca, who is a, um, a PhD in data science, what a pleasure to work with someone that rigorous because I'm like bouncing like a rubber band off the wall and she's like, Jen, <laughs> <laughs> calm down, <laughs> you know, let's get some rigor in here. So I, it's wonderful to have a balance there.
0: I totally agree. So Jen, like where can people, like you've talked a little bit about how people can support the stuff that Vue Vixens is doing and, and take part. And you've talked about the Patreon, and uh, obviously, there are a lot of volunteers. Like, how can people support the work that you and the other Vixens are doing?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, we're in, starting year three. I'm going to be writing in depth to a retrospective and giving a roadmap and a link to our annual report, which I posted on Twitter. But yes, it's awesome if you can donate time and money. But a lot of people, I don't want to be like shaking the tin can (laughs) all the time. So for me, it's not really all about money. We can find corporate sponsors. We love our Patreons. But for me, it's all about just, you know, joining with us, partnering with us to create amazing experiences. We're looking to maybe expand out of the uh, Vue community and into the React community, for example. I'm not quite ready to reveal the, the details on this project, but we're looking to take our workshops and spin them up to React. And I would love for people in the React community to come to us and help us with our content. I did a React Native app in Expo. I would love to have a code review. So it's like if someone could donate an hour of their time to do some code reviews, this kind of thing would be so helpful. If you're involved in organizing a conference and you think we might be a good fit to do a free workshop for the ladies at the conference, you know, hit me up. Absolutely. So it's never all about money. It's all about time commitments of any amount, from a half an hour to your entire life. You know, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> no, no, no fear there. But yeah, if you want to come and engage with us, we have all kinds of ways that that you could get involved for sure. Just reach out, and you can reach out and, on Twitter. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, should they reach out to? Like what Twitter accounts to reach out to you personally or the View Vixens account?
2: Yeah, come to at View Vixens. Um, You can also come to any of our chapters. They also have their own Twitter accounts. It's probably easier to talk to individuals if you hop on Slack and uh, and talk to us there. Oh, the cat is (laughs) meowing.
0: Out, Audi. And how do people join the Slack? Is there a link on the the View Vixens website or something?
2: Yep. So you go to the bottom of viewvixens.org at it's the farthest one I believe on the right it's a small little icon and you can click this like icon and that'll take you to a sign up
0: and then like you've also talked about this this book like deep learning for, for humanists I think it was
2: the humanist is, guide is that to right deep
0: they're learning. the humanist guide to deep, deep learning, deep learning. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. like is that coming out soon
2: <laughs> oh, I have to pitch it I have to pitch it I have to get my Persp- it's actually hard to write a book, turns out. So uh, <laughs>
0: you, you don't to- say.
1: I know. Right? I tried that once; did so that work out. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I need. To- There's a lot of paperwork you have to fill out to pitch uh, the exact things that you want to talk about, and then work with a publisher. So what I'm trying to do first is get my ideas together on Notion. I would love for that to be this year's project, maybe for publication next year. The field is, of course, moving relatively fast in machine learning. I would want to use TensorFlow, but I got to watch TensorFlow too and where it's evolving. Mm. So I want to kind of work with, with that team to make sure I don't you know mess it up too dramatically. Uh, but yeah, so I have about six projects. What, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be taking these ideas, spinning up conference talks and articles so people can kind of see this, see the prototypes, take a look and come back to me with feedback and then turn it into a chapter for each you know one of these projects that I'll, that I'll create. Problem with writing technical books is that everything gets out of date yesterday. So I need to kind of Make it generic enough so that it won't get out of date so quickly. That's the challenge.
0: And then a new edition every year.
2: Oh, make the big bucks. (laughs) Oh yeah, make the big bucks because you know my dad will buy it, and (laughs) 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 maybe my brother. If I feature the Mayan glyphs,
0: maybe my brother will chip in. (laughs) (laughs) And is there a place where people can like sign up to like get? News on on View Vixens or other stuff that you're up to, like at, at Microsoft or with the book?
2: Hmm. Yeah, you can visit me online at jenlooper.com. So just my name.com. I have links to a lot of stuff there speaking, writing, try to keep my blog up to date. Follow me on Twitter. That's for like stream of consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just at jenlooper. And those are kind of my two main channels, I think.
1: And with that, it's time for us to move on to this week's picks. Ben, would you like to go first?
3: All right. So I have two picks for everyone this week. Uh, the first of which is a fellow coworker at GitLab. Her name is Samantha Ming. If you haven't followed her, um, she's really great. She has a lot of great tidbits um, about HTML, just JavaScript. And so she just released a new design tech stack um, that should rebuild her blog using ViewPress. I uh, think Tailwind and I believe Cloudinary. So she wrote, did a great write-up on it. So um, we should include that in the show notes. So that's one of my picks. And the other one is a short story called Juliet School of Possibilities. And so basically it's this short story about a woman named Juliet who's this super ambitious go-getter and she's busy and productive all the time, but she gets this bad performance review from her company that kinda of lands her at hot water and she's like trying to wonder reconsider whether like her efforts are really like being as effective as they are, even though she's busy all the time. So it covers this idea, it's sort of like a fable about like time management, like priorities, and the kind of lives you lead and like what's important and um, really how to make the most out of your time and energy. So I blew through that book in like two hours. So it's a really short read. Really great if you're having just some, you know, sort of reconsidering your priorities. uh, Really great read. So those are my two picks for this week.
1: All right. Uh, Elizabeth, do you want to go next?
4: Sure. Okay. First pick is a very, well, I don't know. I will say the use case for this JavaScript library probably is quite narrow, but it's called creepyface.io. And basically, <laughs> okay. what it does is it, <laughs> <laughs> it generates an image that follows, like, it makes your face follow the cursor. So I guess one of the use cases could be for a personal website or a resume or something like that. But I can pop that in the show notes. So, yeah, in case. You were looking for something like that. <laughs>
0: um, in case your resume is missing a creepy face.
4: In case you feel that would, that would add to your resume. <laughs> um, I, don't know. I, think, I just thought it was cool.
2: I like these I think I would have gotten JavaScript that job levers. at
0: Microsoft if only.
2: It's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I
4: just like these random
2: Thank things. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um,
4: and my other one is a thing that exists in actual physical real life. <laughs> I think Jen is doing the the cursor in real life with her finger. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. My other pick is if you have a Trader Joe's near you and if you like and can eat pecans, you should get the lightly candied pecans because those are the best thing in the whole world. And the thing that I like about them is that they're lightly sweetened. So they're not quite as bad as normal candy pecans and they're so addicting. And they are make you well. I guess they make you more full than regular candy would make you, or something like that, because they're nuts. <laughs> so there's at least some nutritional benefit there. <laughs> so yeah, those are my two picks. I'm super addicted to those right now. <laughs> I've been I'm blowing through bags and bags. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I
3: live close to a Trader Joe's. I may have
0: to go pick some up after
4: this. To, you'll <laughs> try them. Try them. <laughs> you'll thank me later.
1: All right, uh, Chris.
0: All nice? right, so I have three picks. Uh, the first one is Cadbury mini eggs. I had two of which today. That is my quota. I cannot have more than two or else this would be a three-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, m- mostly about eggs and chocolate. That's, that's the first one. They're so delicious and also a part of my childhood. So like a kind of nostalgic for them. And then the next pick is Star Trek Picard. There's a new Star Trek out, And this is the first Star Trek in a while where I feel like, wow, it's good, actually. (laughs) I'm I'm really, really enjoying it. Only seen two episodes so far, but really digging it. I was prepared to be disappointed. Have not been so far. And and especially in the first episode, so many good lines, so many great lines in the first episode. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Go watch it yourself. And the next pick is another show that's on Netflix called Outlander which was recommended to me by a friend. It's, I think one of the showrunners is one of the showrunners on DS9, which by the way, is the best Star Trek. If you disagree with me, you can let me know at at Loomy Loomy on Twitter. <laughs> we're
1: still, we're still uh, going but, with that joke.
0: <laughs> that oh yeah, never oh yeah. Die. <laughs> it's not a joke, I'm serious. Uh, that's how you can reach me. And Outlander is about this like, it's like this, time travel Scottish romance, (laughs) which uh, does not seem like my thing. And I I watched three episodes and was not impressed. And then I, I was encouraged to watch a little bit further. And I don't know when it happened, but somehow like maybe around episode six, there's a moment where like I was so invested and so just wrapped that, like, something happened. I won't tell you what, because no spoilers. And I just, like, stood up, screamed at the TV, <laughs> said, are you kidding me? Like, turned away in disgust, then immediately, <laughs> like, sat in front of the TV, like I'm a little kid, <laughs> like, watching for more, like, seeing, like, what's going to happen next. Um, like, I- I'm-, I'm in it now. Like, I, and I-, I think is- I'm on episode 10. It's... Is- It's got me. It's got its hooks. I don't even know why I like it, but I like it. I mean, I think I I, I can tell you some reasons I like it. There are some some great, great costumes. And also, make sure you watch it with a a window open during some of the steamy scenes. My goodness. I do declare.
1: Sort of sounds like you might have like TV show Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Like you watched it for too long and you start to empathize with your captor.
0: There is one scene I had to pause and just like, just like take a few deep breaths. Yeah, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> Betsy, indeed,
1: Is that, is that one, it for you this week?
0: For <laughs> yeah. I better stop okay. now. I need, I need a break.
2: <laughs> all
0: right, Jed. Do you have any picks this week?
2: So I have rediscovered Lottie. Anybody used Lottie for animations? It is no. a library built by the amazing folks at Airbnb Design, and it is SVG animations, but it's what you do is you create them in After Effects, which is kind of an issue because I don't have access anymore, but I used, to, I used to have access to After Effects. So if you're good at After Effects and you want to create these animations, you can learn how to do that at Lottie. And I think the, the website I'm looking at is LottieFiles.com. That's where all the, the exported animations are added in here. I hadn't used this stuff for a while, and then I went back to Lottie Files, and I realized, wow, it's really come a long ways. You can click on any animation, and then you can change background color, you can edit layer colors, and then you can write, on, write online, and then you can download the animation that you like. A lot of it's for free, and it's just absolutely lovely. There's a View plugin that you can use it for your View apps. I know for a fact it works with NativeScript. I was blown away at how far they've come with Lottie. So yay, Airbnb, we love you, and very nice work with Lottie.
1: All right. And I guess, I guess it's my turn. So I'm actually going to be starting a new series of picks for myself. I don't know. if I'm sure a lot of you are like me. And when you're coding, you can't listen to music that has words because then the typing is just a mess and you're typing what you're hearing. And then you have, you know, variables named completely ridiculous things like, I don't know, some Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> that was pointed at two of you
4: yeah i was gonna say that's what happened to you i <laughs> know
1: also yeah, chris like,
4: i expect did, did next we week you? <laughs> chris yeah. i expect next week your pick is gonna be miss americana
0: why is Do you that know? oh the are you talking about the yes oh gosh and it is coming out on a very special day for me
1: <laughs> is it yeah Mm-hmm. Okay, Okay. Way, way to hijack my pick. Sort of my Sorry. fault, but whatever. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited
3: you did this, you did this yeah. yourself, Ari. I
1: know I did. I totally did. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, each week uh, I'm going to, as one of my picks, if not my only pick, I will be picking a song from my personal playlist of songs I listen to while coding. And this week it is a song called CS60 by Bad Bad Not Good. That's all one word, by the way. <laughs> Actually, while I was Googling to find links to various streaming services with this song, I think I have determined that CS60 is actually a reference to a Yamaha synth. <laughs> it seemed like the most plausible <laughs> thing, <laughs> but yeah. It's, I guess, considered instrumental hip hop, though traditionally Bad, Bad, Not Good is a modern jazz ensemble. So hmm, it has, yeah, it has some jazz influence, but I. I'm not a big fan of jazz, but I love this. So (laughs) if you don't like jazz, I think you'll like this. (laughs) But yeah, so that is my one pick.
2: Can I add one pick to mine? Since we started talking about music, you jogged my memory. We should do a shout out for the song Coteritis by Tamira James, who is a absolutely fabulous lady in our community she's also a past recording artist and she's uh she's recorded this song called coderitis and you can look on spotify so I strongly agree, Wow. It's, it's really good and it's great for a, a conference uh walking on song or whatever
1: awesome my interest is peaked <laughs> well i believe that is all for this week's episode thanks for listening and until next time enjoy the view. This
4: podcast is brought to you by our friends at Linode. With 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia, enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a price that you don't. Get started on Linode today by going to linode.com slash view.